0: well what's up i'm so glad that you're here today at second chance no matter where you're joining in from all over all over the world actually and if you um if you watch college football yesterday it's a great day to be a tiger as it has been every saturday this season um carolina had an off week so they didn't play but they have an off week every week anyway um did georgia play yesterday did they they were off okay so georgia was off yesterday um That's about all Tennessee, and out. Tennessee got, like, shellacked by Alabama. But other than that, anyway, that's enough about college football. Super glad you're here today. We are in a series called Christianese, and what set up this series originally was kind of looking at the fact that so many people are walking away from the church. See, I just said series, and my phone thought I said Siri, and it just literally um, went off. So anyway, that was hysterical. Series. So anyway, you can't, you can't script that. That's hilarious. So anyway, we started this series and we said originally that people today are walking away from the church in record numbers, that that more and more people are walking away from the church, but they're not walking away from the church because they don't believe in God. In fact, Science has done more in the past 50 to 75 years to prove there's a God. I mean, the whole big bang, like something caused the bang, whether you believe in creation or evolution, something had to cause the bang. Science has done more in the past 50 to 75 years to prove that there's a God. People are walking away from the church, not because they don't believe in God and not because they don't even respect Jesus. People are walking away from the church because the church speaks a language called Christianese that... The, um, the next generation just doesn't seem to understand, and instead of really sitting down and learning how to empathize with them, the church just yells at them, and so they say, you know what, we don't want to be yelled at, so we're just going to walk away. And so we've talked to a co- this is week three of this series. I honestly don't know how long this series is going to go. We were talking before the broadcast began. We could probably take it like 12 or 13 weeks if we wanted to, but today I'm going to talk about specifically—well, um, let me set it up this way. When I was a kid— um, I, lived in, I lived out in the country, and I had a friend that lived two houses down, and on Wednesday nights, he went to RAs. Now, if you're from a Baptist background, you know what RAs are, or you know, GAs or whatever, but RAs is a group of, a, uh, I think it's first through sixth grade, and they meet on Wednesday nights, and we would go in and do a Bible study or a craft or something like that. And then after church, the, the real reason I went is we would play basketball. Now I wasn't really good at basketball. Um, I was tall, so I got a lot of rebounds, so I thought I was good, but I wasn't great at basketball. So we'd go outside and we'd play some basketball. Well, one night our, our, our RA leader told us that there was a basketball tournament, like a bunch of churches getting together. There's gonna be a basketball tournament, and if we wanted to ask us, did we wanna play in the basketball tournament? And we were all like, absolutely, yes, we wanna play in the basketball tournament. And I'm not making this up. Um, we thought we had a good chance to, to win the tournament because, um, I was big. So I was like the rebounder. And then we had a guy named Ron on the team and Ron was one of those kids that was really good at just everything he did. Like he always did the best, you know, thing, always had the best derby car. He always, he ran fastest. He was the smartest. And so we had Ron on the team. And so we practiced. Um, we prepared. We prayed before we went out that God would let us win. It didn't even occur to us that the other team prayed that God would let them win too. And so you got both teams asking God for the same thing. So God has to say yes to somebody and no to somebody, anyway. And so we went out, and it was a single elimination tournament, and we got annihilated. In in, in fact, in fact, the final score, and I'm not even going to make this up, the final score was 50 to two. We had he scored two points by accident. It was like a half-court shot before they had the three-point shots. We you could officially say we were crushed and overwhelmed. When you get beat 50 to 2, like we didn't even stay to watch the awards. Now it was mind-blowing because as we're in the van going back to the church, we're like, we don't understand. We've prayed, we've prepared, we 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 are Christians, we love Jesus, and we got Hammered 50 to 2. That doesn't make sense. But as I thought about that illustration in preparation for this week, I thought about the fact that that's the way a lot of people in this world feel. If you were to really boil down how so many of us feel on a daily basis, one or either both of these two words would accurately describe us crushed and overwhelmed. And we've seen this, not just in the church world. But as the, in the world at whole, people that we would never imagine in a million years having issues, being crushed, and overwhelmed. Um, I, I, I remember back in 2014 when I heard about Robin Williams taking his own life, and it absolutely blew my mind. He's I grew up, I watched him on Mork and Mindy. Like that, that's years and years and years ago. Carly and Logan, y'all have no idea what Mork and Mindy is, but one of the the most hilarious actors ever, and he takes his own life. Now, why does a person do that? It's very simple. They get crushed and overwhelmed. Just this year, just this year, when when Kate Spade, when, when the news of Kate Spade taking her own life came out, everybody's shocked because we look at somebody like her and we say, She's got everything together and, and there are people watching right now that on the outside you've got everything together, but on the inside you're crying and dying a little bit more every single day. After Kate Spade, we all watched the news when Anthony Bourdain t- took his own life and all of us were broken for him and his family, we all, all he had accomplished. But the reason that somebody does that is because they ultimately feel crushed And overwhelmed now typically typically the church has has been a very unsafe environment to admit that we're crushed and overwhelmed in fact the church has had two responses basically um, to people that feel crushed and overwhelmed Um, number one if you commit suicide you go to hell that's what the church has traditionally said I want to pause real quick and just say this that's not true there's not one ounce of evidence in Scripture that suggests that. I'm not encouraging suicide. I think if you're having suicidal thoughts that, that God has life in you for a reason, you're on this planet for a reason, I would beg you to please talk to somebody about that. But if you know somebody in the past that has committed suicide and you've been told by a church that they went to hell, that church lied to you. You go to hell because you don't know Jesus period. It has everything to do with Jesus. And people that do know Jesus really do get crushed and overwhelmed despite what the church has traditionally told people. Second thing the church tells people is, oh, if you're crushed and overwhelmed, do more and try harder. So just read your Bible more. You need to pray more. You need to journal more. You need to listen to more Christian music. You need to do more, do more, do more. And you know what that leads to? feeling more crushed and overwhelmed and so today I want to have an honest conversation and I want to use a guy by the name of the Apostle Paul to enter into it Now when it comes to knowing God, being righteous, being a good person, every one of us get rolled up and smoked by the Apostle Paul. Do you like the illustration right there? We get Paul, Paul Paul not only read the Bible, he wrote most of the New Testament. Paul actually saw Jesus face-to-face. I've had people say, if I could just see Jesus face-to-face, I think I'd be okay. Paul saw Jesus face-to-face, and Paul goes into this thing, and I remember when I first discovered this passage of Scripture, I wrote down this just this, it's a formula that works for me. I don't know if it'll help you in, in your life circumstances or situations, but I wrote this down, and this is something that I use for me, and I really do think... Um, I really do think it might help some people out today. Here we go. Here's the formula. Courage plus clarity plus connection plus reflection equals headed in the right direction. Now, some of you are note takers. Don't worry, I'll leave that up there and we'll put it back up at the end so don't freak out. Courage plus clarity plus connection plus reflection equals headed in the right direction. Now, notice this does not say courage plus clarity plus connection plus reflection equals healing. Because healing takes time. Healing takes time. If you walk outside today and you fall down and you break your leg, Nobody's going to expect it to be better tomorrow, except a couple charismatic friends I have. Love you guys. But, but, but most normal people aren't going to expect it to be better tomorrow, right? It's going to take time to heal. It's going to take a process. So what we're going to do is we're going to walk through each one of these concepts, and we're going to, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, if you want to follow along in your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and talk about, talk about each one of these concepts. The first thing we're going to talk about is courage. Now, real quick question for everybody in the room. Did anybody, when you were growing up, have to do chores around your house? And because you did those chores, you got an allowance. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Everybody except Carly. She got left out. Um, I, I, my, first, my first job as a kid was to take out the trash. That was my job, which was awesome because I made a dollar a week, but then inflation, you know, the whole Carter administration came along, so they bumped it up to $5. But that, I got paid a dollar a week take out the trash. Here's the problem. We had the world's smallest trash can. In fact, our trash bags were, um, this, some of you might have to really struggle to remember this and others, you'll have to Google it. But when you used to go to the grocery store, you got paper bags, you got paper bags that was actually our trash bag. We used the paper bags. So if you threw like two extra napkins in the trash can you had to take it out. Now this was also in the late 70's where we threw everything in the trash can. Garbage disposal? What is that? You throw table scraps, you throw everything in the trash can and you just take it outside. Well because I didn't enjoy taking the trash out two, three, four times a day, I learned a trick because I've always been innovative. I learned if you would just push the trash down that you didn't have to take it out. But, but the problem was, when you push all that junk down and, and it lasts like two days, the whole side of the house begins to stink. And my mom and dad would be like, what's that smell? And I would be like, I don't smell anything. I would just kind of totally play it off. And I remember my dad coming to me and going, hey, this whole pushing the trash down is not really working because it's stinking up the whole house. You can try to push it down, but when you push the trash down, I remember him explaining to me, you create a bigger problem. The only way to really handle this is actually to take the trash out. Now, in the world that we live in today, Christian and non-Christian, when we feel like we've got some junk in our lives, our tendency is to push it down rather than bring it out. Because if we push it down, we feel like it's safer, but it actually does more damage in the long run. Now watch what the Apostle Paul does. The Apostle Paul is writing this church in Corinth. It's the second letter he writes to them, and he says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. I want to pause real quick. Paul's telling the church, we went through a tough time. In fact, he used the word trouble. Well, Paul, don't you know? Paul, haven't? don't you understand that people that love Jesus don't go through trouble? So obviously there might have been some problems in your life. No, no, Paul says, Paul says I want you to understand that we went through a season of trouble. And it takes courage to admit, hey, I feel crushed. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I'm going through something. In fact, there's three main reasons I believe people won't admit feeling crushed and overwhelmed. You can write these down if you want to. The first one is pride. It's amazing to me. I guess it was four years ago, five years ago. I wrote a book called Overwhelmed, and it came out, and the number of people that reached out to me, that wanted to talk to me about depression, anxiety, worry, fear, but they didn't want me to talk to anyone else about what they were talking to me about. And and, I honored that. I still honored that. What amazed me more is there were, I'm not exaggerating, dozens of people from other churches that said, I can't tell my pastor this, but I feel like I can tell you. And they were feeling crushed. And there's people watching here today that you feel like you've got to be the life of the party. You feel like you've got to hold it all together. You feel like you can't admit when there's something going on. And at the end of the day, pride will shackle you and keep you from healing. The, the, listen, raising your hand and saying, I'm having trouble, that's not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. The second reason that people won't admit they need help is shame. Because in church world, if you show up with a broken leg, people pray for your broken leg and they feel sorry for you. If you show up with broken emotions or something broken in your mind, you're kind of put to the side and thought of as weird. And so we don't want to be, thought, we don't want to be shamed into silence. We don't want to be shamed like you can't volunteer anymore. We don't want to be shamed in that way, so we don't say anything, which leads to the third reason that people don't say anything is fear. What's going to happen to me? if I admit that I have a problem. And we've seen what happens to people sometimes because traditionally the church, once again, don't know how to handle people that say, I feel crushed, I feel overwhelmed, I don't want to get told to do more, so I'll just stay silent, but I'm hoping and praying that today, somebody that's going through some stuff will actually have the courage to raise their hand and say, I need help, I don't want to push the trash down anymore, I want the trash to be taken out which leads that courage the second thing that we talked about is clarity courage plus clarity in other words being super crystal clear about what you're going through i was i was thinking about this when i was preparing this message um and i guess it was back in college my sophomore year i started dating this girl and she was like super sweet And we dated for like, gosh, forever, it's like three months. Um, And it's the longest relationship I'd ever had. And and so I remember uh, visiting her at her house and it was the first time I met her parents and her mom was sitting there and we were talking back and forth. and, And I remember her saying, well, I need to run up my room and do some things. And I was like, okay, I'll just sit here with your mom. And I was going to have a conversation with and I thought it was going to be great. And her mom looked at me when she, the true story, she, she, the girls dating went out of the room and her mom looked at me and she said, well, Perry, I think I need to, I think I need to share something with you. I said, okay. She said, I've been praying for her husband since the day she was in diapers. And I was like, that is, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking this is real good. And I was like, that's, that's awesome. And she goes, and it's not you like literally said that out loud to me like I'm I'm sitting there and but here's the thing <laughs> as jacked up as that was um we didn't make it but as jacked up as that was we broke up like 4 months later as jacked up as that was she was very clear she wasn't like, well, maybe y'all make her whatever. She was very clear about what she expected. And I think one of the things that we've got to do if we're feeling crushed and if we're feeling overwhelmed is we've got to be willing, when we bring out the trash, to be very clear about what's going on in our life because that's what we see the Apostle Paul do in this next section. Let's look at this. The Apostle Paul says in in the in the rest of verse 8 and verse 9, we were crushed and overwhelmed now wait a minute paul wait a minute paul you're a christian and if you're walking with jesus and you're doing the right things and you're having your quiet time and you're journaling and you're listening to hillsong worship and and you got some christian podcasts going on then bad things don't happen really one of the authors of scripture said he went through something where he and the people that were with him, his community, if you have community, you'll never feel overwhelmed. Sometimes you feel overwhelmed because of the community you're in. Hello. We were crushed and overwhelmed. Well, Paul, now, God will never put more on you than you can handle. (laughs) Right? Don't you understand that, Paul? Paul didn't understand that. You know why? Because he said this, beyond our ability to endure. The whole thing God will never put more on you can, you can handle. If you look it up, that, that is BS. If you need to know what BS is, ask your child. That is BS. Because if God never allowed more to be put on us than we can handle, then where in the world would we ever recognize our need for him in the first place? Paul said, I'm go- I was going through something. We were going through something that you know what? It was hard to handle. Well, Paul Don't you know that God is in control, Paul, for momentarily? He was like, "Uh uh-uh. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. So much for the bad things never happen to good people. Paul said we were feeling crushed and overwhelmed. And for too long, the church has said, that is your fault That is something wrong with you. You aren't where you need to be in your walk with Christ because if you were where you needed to be in your walk with Christ, you would never feel crushed and you would never feel overwhelmed. And we see that's not true with Paul because Paul felt crushed. Hey, what about Jesus? Jesus was fully God and fully man, right? On the night that Jesus was going to be arrested, betrayed, And crucified, and we're going to look at this text in a little bit more detail later on the message. There's this one verse that absolutely popped out of the gospel when I was reading it. Look what Jesus said. This is not me. This is Jesus. Jesus, right before he's going to be crucified, says this. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed? Well, Jesus you must not be walking with yourself. (laughs) Jesus, if if you would walk with yourself, then you wouldn't be overwhelmed. How in the world can we say that people that know and love Jesus will never get overwhelmed when we have an example in the Scripture recorded by Matthew, who was there of Jesus saying, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Jesus was very clear. Now, when I say clarity, listen, because I've had this experience. Sometimes people that are overwhelmed, they think they're expressing themselves, but they're not being truthful. This is what they'll say. I'm having a tough time. Well, we're all having a tough time. Everybody has a tough time. I'm going through some issues. Well, we all have issues. Everybody has issues. And then sometimes we'll say stuff like that, and then we'll get upset because people don't follow up with us. Instead of going, I am feeling overwhelmed. Anxiety is crushing me today. I'm dealing with depression. I'm dealing with anxiety. I'm dealing with fear. Being as clear as possible is essential to getting the help that we really need. Paul was clear. We were crushed and overwhelmed. Jesus was clear. I am overwhelmed right now. So so, so we've got, so far we've got, let me look at, look at, look at my notes. The next thing we've got is connection. Courage plus clarity plus connection. Um, I, the reason I want to bring this up is because when we're going through tough times, our tendency is isolation. But everybody, everybody watching or listening knows how important connection is simply because of your cell phone. Have you ever... this happened to me this week. In fact, Wanda, I was talking to you this week. This happened to me this week. I think it was this week, Wanda. might have been last week, but I think it was this week. <laughs> I was talking. I called Wanda because I had a question to ask her, and I was talking to her, and, I, and literally, I was talking for like a minute. I was just going on and on and on and on and on. And somebody was calling, and I told her, I said, hold on for a minute, Wanda. Somebody's calling, and I looked, and it was Wanda. And I answered the phone I was like, hey, she's like, yeah, you cut out like a minute. I'd been talking to nobody for a minute walking down the phone. Now, I looked important walking down the street talking on my cell phone, but we lost connection. Has that ever happened to anybody in this room? You, you just kind of keep talking. Hey, how are you doing? It's good. Oh, hold on a minute. So he's calling. Oh, shoot. And, and you pick it up. All right, Connect. All of us know what it's like to lose connection. You kind of feel stupid. You kind of feel dumb. Well, I want you to understand the Apostle Paul Uh, Throughout this passage, in fact, if you want to go back through and look through this passage later on, circle the number of times. He doesn't say I, he says we. In other words, there's connection. Connection is essential if we're going to overcome being overwhelmed. Let me say that again. Connection is essential if we're going to overcome being overwhelmed. Look what the Apostle Paul says. He says this But as a result, we, we, stopped relying on ourselves, let me stop, L- listen, I want everybody to understand, and take it from a guy that thought this, you're not that tough. Like staying silent is not being tough, it's being weak. It's being weak. If you're, if you're dealing with anxiety, depression, and listen, you're not the only one you're not the only one. Paul said there was a, all of us were dealing with this. All of us were dealing with this. Paul said we stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. I'm super glad he put that in there. By the way, we, we rely on God who, just in case you're kind of curious what he can accomplish, he raises the dead. Anybody that can raise the dead can pretty much handle anything we're going through. Now, there's two types of connection. There's two types of connection, and we see this all through Scripture. Um, The first type of connection is connection with God. Now, this is typically where if you're dealing with something where you're overwhelmed the church will give you a list of things you need to do. Read your Bible 10 minutes a day, pray 10 minutes a day, journal five minutes a day, memorize four v- verses of scripture, jump down, turn around, stand on your head, say the, say the prayer, Jabez, um, wear a WWJD bracelet. I'm getting super 80s here. I'm sorry about that. But, but you understand that, that we've got a list to do. Connection with God, listen, this is, what I, this is the question I ask people. What sets your heart on fire for Jesus? Then do it every day. For me, I love to I love to read scripture. I, that, for me, that doesn't make me a super Christian, and it, it doesn't make you a, a bad. I just that's how I connect with God. Some people are like, I don't understand the Bible. Um, I'm like, I don't understand it either. But I read it. I, I read it, and sometimes I understand it. You know what else I love to do? Sometimes um, is I love to put on worship music. Um, I, on, a, I still have an old school iPod Nano. I didn't even know they didn't make those anymore. But mine is holding on. It's gonna die one day, and I'll find another one on Amazon because I love it. And I take, I take some worship music, and I put my headphones on, and I go for a run. And I, I oh my God, I remember like about a, I was, I was in the UK actually visiting some friends and I was out in the country, and it was like rolling hills, and there were sheep and all kinds of stuff, and I'm just running. I'm listening to worship music. I ran so far that I was like, oh, crap, I've got to turn around and run back. But you know what? I had some more. I was just kind of running back, and it just felt so good. And then at the very end, I didn't think I was going to make it, so I put on Eminem, which was not worship, but he got me (laughs) to where I needed to go. But at the end of the day, you've got to find out what, what connects you with Jesus and just do that like five to 10 minutes a day, just start out somewhere and it's like, oh, you need to do it an hour a day. No, 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 Just start somewhere. Because a connection with God on a daily basis is not a bad thing, and it's essential. Listen, it doesn't solve anything, but it just for me, it just kind of resets my mind on, oh, you really do hold the universe. And second thing, second thing, second thing is connection with others. Now. I'm going to stop here. I'm probably going to get some pushback on this, but that's, that's okay. But I want, you to, I want you to hear me out, especially those of you on Facebook, before you leave a comment. One of the things that drives me absolutely crazy when I say I'm going through a tough time or I hear somebody else saying they're going through a tough time is for somebody who's so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good to look at them and say, All you need is Jesus. That's not true. That's not true. Now I know that's blowing some people up right now. All all you need is Jesus. All you need is Jesus. If you're going through a tough time, you don't need other people. I did a post this week talking about if you feel alone and what it's like to feel alone. And somebody even were like, well, all you just need is Jesus in your Bible. That's not true. And let me tell you why. The night that Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, once again, fully God, fully man. This is what Matthew, once again, who was there. He didn't hear it from a guy that heard it from a guy that heard it from a guy that saw it on Snapchat. Okay, he was there. This is what Matthew said about Jesus Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I'll go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, that's James and John, along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, pause. If all we need is Jesus, then why wasn't Jesus enough for Jesus? Is everybody tracking with me there? If all we need is Jesus, then Jesus should have been like, Peter, James, and John, y'all sit there. I'm about to be killed, but you know what? I'm good with it. I'm going to go over here and be by myself for a while and sing songs to me about me and talk to me about me, and then I'm going to be okay. We call that schizophrenic, right? But Jesus fully God, fully man, as he's about to be crucified, completely feeling crushed and overwhelmed, said, I need other people in my life to help me make it through this. And if Jesus needed other people at his deepest point of need, then none of us can make it on our own. We've got to have other people who are willing to hang in there with us through our tough times. Which brings me to, and I've alluded to this before, but I'm, I'm on a soapbox right now, so let me talk to you about tough love. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about when I say tough love? Tough love in the Christian world today actually means spiritual abuse or abandonment. Let, let me tell you, when, when Karis was growing up, Karis is my daughter, I'm 100%, now, she was, she was a great child. She's still a child, but she, like like zero to five. Not very many discipline issues at all, which she didn't take after me because I got, I got a spanking a day growing up just, just because. I mean, my dad would be like, come here, you did something today. You didn't get caught. But, but, so, so they're very different. But what was decided upon early when we disciplined Karis, because there are issues where people need to be told you did wrong or whatever. This is how I would discipline Caris, when we disciplined her, I would sit down with her. I would walk her through. This is what you did wrong. Do you understand? She would. She would say yes. Then we would discipline by spanking. So I would do the spanking thing, and you know, and then she would cry. And then after that, I would sit her in my lap and explain to her. Do you understand why that just happened? Yes. Do you know that I love you? Yes. You know what? Even through the discipline, the relationship was never ended. That's tough love. Now, what what most churches call tough love, that would be equivalent to beating a child and throwing them in a room by themselves. Or worse than that, throwing them outside. That's not tough love. That's abuse. Tough love is, I may not agree with you, but I'm gonna hang with you through this entire thing. That's tough love. That's the type of, when we surround ourselves with people like that, no matter what we go through, we can come out on the other side feeling better and, and, and we can make it through. Connection to God and connection to others is essential to getting through feeling crushed and overwhelmed. So, so the the, the the very last part of this formula formula, courage plus clarity, plus connection, plus reflection, equals headed in the right direction. Sometimes, sometimes when we're feeling completely crushed and completely overwhelmed, we just need to pause and and think. Now, sometimes this is hard. Sometimes this is hard. I'm not saying this easy. Think about how God, how good God has been to us over the course of our lives. That's what Paul did. Paul says this. This is how Paul finishes out this particular pa- passage. He says, and he did rescue us from mortal danger. And he will rescue us again and again. We have placed our confidence in him and he will continue to rescue us. Paul said, you know what? We paused and said, you know what? God has been good. And because God has been good, God will be good. We can trust in him. And for me, that it totally makes sense because when I was preparing this message, I sat down and said, you know what? God's been good to me because I didn't know until a few years ago, but I've shared this before, my mother was considering having an abortion when she found out she was pregnant with me because the relationship between her and my father was so bad. But you know what? I got born. I'm pretty excited about that. I mean, that's, that's a good thing. I remember in high school being in a place where a drug bust went down, guns were drawn, I could have been killed, but you know what? I wasn't killed, I lived through it, I'm still here. I remember when my dad was arrested for drugs and I spent some time homeless. Well, did that suck? Absolutely it sucked, but you know what? I'm still here. The past two, two and a half years have been living hell some days. But you know what? I'm still standing. And I'm not saying that to brag on me. I'm saying that's the same thing that's true for you. What the enemy sent after you to kill you, you've sustained it. You're still standing. you still got air in your lungs. you still got, you still, look, listen, you got out of bed this morning. That is an accomplishment. God has been good, and if God has been that good to us in our past, despite all the crap that we've been through, then we can have hope that our future can be even better because we serve a God who absolutely does the impossible over and over again. So, where are you in this formula? Today, do you need just the courage instead of push the trash down, take it out. And and listen, listen, if you showed up to church today with a broken arm, like I said, we we would feel sorry for you. But if something's broken emotionally or something's broken in your brain, the whole disease, the whole thing of mental illness, that's a real thing. And, And for some people, it's a chemical imbalance. It blows my mind the number of people that goes, Oh, you don't need to take medicine for mental illness. That's the dumbest thing you could say. Because if somebody has a heart problem or they have high cholesterol, we don't try to pray that away. We tell them to take medicine because it's supposed to help them. But for some reason, it makes you less of a person to take medicine for some mental illness. I'm telling you, if you go to a doctor and they say you need to be on this for a while, don't let the world stereotype you because they don't understand you. If you need it, take it. But, have the, but in order to get to that place, you've got to have the courage to say, you know what? I'm not going to push the trash down any longer. I'm going to take it out. Not only the courage, but the clarity to say, I'm struggling, with, I'm struggling with depression. I'm struggling with feeling overwhelmed. I'm struggling with having thoughts of ending my own life. Being that courageous because only, only when you're vulnerable can you be helped. Put, I've got some issues, but I'll be okay. That's not going to get you help. Connection. What are, what, do you need to do something every day to connect with God? Listen, just five minutes and it's what sets your heart on fire. Connection with others. That's difficult. Finding people you can trust. But it, it, it works. I know you've had people hurt you. I know you've had people lie about you. I know you've had people turn their back on you. I get that, but it... Don't give up on people because there are some people out there that'll stand with you and walk with you. That's what I'm hoping our church can be, just a church that stands with people and walks with people through the fire instead of turning our back on them in the name of tough love. Reflection. maybe, Maybe a great thing to do today is just cut your phone off for about five minutes and sit down with a piece of paper and a pen and just write down the good things that have happened in your life. There... You can find something good, and all these things will get you headed in the right direction. There, the thing I know personally about being struggling with depression, overwhelmed. There's good days and there's bad days, but I'm telling you, this right here has helped me have way more good days than bad days. And Jesus, Jesus Himself, who said in the Garden of Gethsemane, He was overwhelmed. He can totally. Relate to all of us who've had that experience. And if there's anybody we should be able to say, I'm overwhelmed too, it should be him. With that in mind, let's pray. Father, thank you today for the honesty of Scripture. Thank you for the Apostle Paul writing these words down and it wasn't let go, let God We don't even know what that means. It was, we were having a tough time and we were feeling crushed and overwhelmed. God, I wanna pray for everybody watching right now who absolutely feels crushed and overwhelmed. With heads bowed and eyes closed, just wherever you are right now, if you're feeling that, crushed and overwhelmed, The first step is just telling Jesus right now. You just say in your heart how you feel. I'm crushed and overwhelmed because of blank. I'm feeling crushed and overwhelmed. Just be honest with God. You don't have to put a Band-Aid on it. You don't have to even make it pretty. You can can express yourself to him however you want. He's not going to be mad. God, I'm feeling crushed. I feel like my life sucks. I feel like my life's falling. Just be honest with him. It's okay. Maybe you're watching today and you realize, you know what, I I need Jesus in my life because I'm not going to make it without him. Listen, asking Jesus in your life doesn't make all the bad things go away, but it does help us walk through the flood and walk through the fire. Jesus never said we wouldn't walk through the flood or walk through the fire. He just said they wouldn't destroy us. So if you're watching today and maybe what stuck out to you through this entire message is you need a relationship with Jesus Then I want to invite you to invite him into your life right now. And you can do that just by praying this prayer in your heart, just right now, right where you are, just saying, Jesus Christ, right now, I ask you to come into my life. Take over, be in control. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to forgive my sins. And I receive you in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you just pray to receive Christ and you're on our Second Chance website, if you do the hand-raise emoji, and if you're on Facebook, if you'll just do a hand-raise emoji so we can know that you prayed to receive Christ because we want to celebrate with you. And listen, listen, two things, two things. Now, we're going to do something we've never done before, and this is kind of cool. We're super excited about it. If if, If you feel like nobody will listen to you If you feel like nobody's going to pay attention to you, but you feel like you've got to tell somebody about what you're going through, shoot me an email. We'll read it. We'll read it. Hello, or what is it? Prayer? Prayer at perrynoble.com. I forgot. Prayer at perrynoble.com. That's how in tune I am. Prayer at perrynoble.com. And we will read. You can, and listen, listen. You can tell us anything. Won't say a word. The only thing I am obligated to report is um, if somebody says I'm going to kill myself, that 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 has to be reported by law, okay? But if you're saying I'm I've had those thoughts, I, listen, I understand that. I've I've been very honest and open about my struggles with that too. If you feel like nobody will listen to me, shoot us an email. I promise you. I promise you. I promise you. Not only will it be read, but you will be prayed for, and we will respond. Also, um, I know this. Sp- Dealing with depression, stress, anxiety, worry—all this stuff brings up a lot of questions. So on Wednesday at four o'clock this week, Wednesday at four o'clock, I'm going to do a Facebook Live, and and we're going to do it on the Second Chance website, Facebook site, not not this Facebook site. It's Facebook.com/slash My Second Chance Church. Facebook.com/slash My Second Chance Church. Wednesday at four o'clock, we're going to do a Facebook Live, and if you have a question specifically about anxiety, depression, mental illness email us, prayer at email us the question, and we're going to answer the four or five most asked questions about this particular subject, because this is a subject I don't want to deal with just one Sunday and move on. I want us to really dive into um, this subject, and so Facebook Live, Wednesday at four o'clock, and if you miss it, it'll still be on the Second Chance website. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, you should go there and like it anyway, because it's cool. It's awesome. All right, um, uh, really quick building update. People have been asking. We're getting closer and closer to the 250K fund, 215-421-15. We should know in the next week or two when our opening date's going to be. So let me just pause and say, for those of you that give to Second Chance Church, whether um, online, because so, some people give online, and some people mail in a check. Either way, we are so thankful because you're giving. We're going to be able to one day create an environment where it really is okay not to be okay. Everybody's loved. Nobody's perfect. Everyone's accepted. And um, people ask me the other. Well, I'll, I'll get to that later. Anyway, this is where you can um, give or donate or tithe or whatever. Language you want to put on it and I want to say thank you for those of you once again that are giving you're making a big difference. We'll see you Wednesday at 4 o'clock on Facebook live the best really is yet to come